Coffee Conversations about Influence Marketing is brought to you by Influential, a strategic consultancy that takes the guesswork out of influence marketing for your brand. We provide much-needed strategically crafted frameworks on how to implement influencer campaigns specific to your brand needs. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in again to another interesting conversation about influencer marketing. As always, I am Anne, and I will be your host for this episode. Today, we have Matan Atias in studio talking to us about influence marketing and paid media and why this is a marriage made in heaven. He takes us through how this works and why it works so exceptionally well. Matan is a performance-driven creative marketer that has spent the last eight years in the digital marketing and advertising technology space. He's passionate about connecting brands to consumers in a way that is meaningful to consumers, but also impactful to marketers. He loves to fuse creativity and sales revenue-driven strategies to deliver on business objectives. So without delay, here's today's episode. Please remember to hit that subscribe button and share with friends and family if you find this of value. Hi, Matan. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. We are so excited to have you on today to tell us more about the exciting world of like combining paid media and influencer marketing. So to kick us off, can you please tell us a bit more about yourself, why you got into paid media and how that led to going into influencer marketing? Sure. Hi, Anne. Uh, so firstly, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's really a pleasure to be a part of this and I'm, I'm excited to uh, record this podcast with you and hopefully add some, some value. Um, so yeah, a bit about myself. Um, how far back do you want me to go? Uh, are we just talking career? Are we talking about... Uh, who I am and what I like. Ooh, both, please. Let's get to know you. <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah, so um, Israeli-born um, South African. I've been living in South Africa since I was about a year old. Um, I have kind of always been passionate about um, really good design and, and creativity. I uh, started my career off um, as a very bad designer and uh, creative <laughs> strategist, um, and uh, actually co-founded an, an, an animation and design um, agency, which you know kind of morphed into a social media agency that was back in 2011. Um, That's amazing. Which agency, if I may ask? It was called Outlaw, and oh, it was originally actually called The Stilo, and then it evolved into Outlaw Animation and Design. Um, and uh, the business was um, uh, acquired by um, a bigger kind of animation studio. Um, and that was not really the direction that I wanted to go. Um, and uh, I was always passionate about social media and, and social marketing, and particularly digital. Um, and it was kind of like in its beginning stages or early stages um, at that yeah. point around uh, 2011, 2012. Um, I joined a business called Popeye Media in 2013 um, as a creative strategist, um, particularly focusing on, uh, you know, social media um, strategy, community management, um, and a bit of paid, which was very much in its infancy at that stage. We actually used to build Facebook um, applications for brands, and the paid media was used purely to drive people through to uh, these Facebook apps. I don't think those Facebook apps even exist anymore. Um, and I guess kind of as the industry evolved, Papa Media was very much at the forefront of that. Um, and we yeah. spent a lot of time kind of uh, growing the South African paid media uh, market, particularly 
on on social being you know facebook um and twitter and when i say facebook it's the facebook family of applications so facebook instagram yeah Ninja. um yeah that's how i found myself uh in paid media uh fast forward that's an incredible there. road so how did you get into influencer marketing then um so how did i get into influencer marketing i think the two really go hand in hand and particularly over the last uh, few years so um maybe also serendipitous one of our uh, one of the co-founders of popeye media was one of the seed investors in in webfluential um and we've you know stayed in in close contact um post them selling the business and uh, kind of had a lot of ideas about how the two could potentially be merged together um, and in january this year i made that uh move permanent so i joined the webfluential global team um and you know really kind of uh, our idea was always to you know we we almost saw this um in the in social 1.0 where we saw the the organic reach of brands uh steadily start to decline and i guess the same yeah. is happening um with an influencer um so the idea was you know to take the two uh pair them up and maximize the impact um but also really to you know to start to deliver more meaningful uh, metrics for brands engaging in in influencer marketing so really to merge that that art and science of of influencer and pay together was kind of the idea amazing but let's take it one step back what exactly is paid media in like a traditional sense and then also what does it mean for influencer marketing sure so when you say a traditional sense are you referring to traditional traditional or traditional digital no, like traditional digital. Okay, cool. Um, I thought so. Um, so yeah, so paid media <laughs> is is really um, it's advertising in in the digital space. So uh, mm -hmm. really, the 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 kind of forefathers of this was um, you know paid search um, on the big search engines, you know, like Google, and then they obviously extended that to uh, display advertising, which allowed you to programmatically um, buy space on you know, third party sites. And then the yeah. rise of the social platforms came about um, and uh, Facebook dominated the space, really Facebook and Twitter. Um, and they started to offer, uh, you know, as, as they started to gain traction, you couldn't really have everything appear in a news feed um, in chronological order. Um, and Facebook sure. were the first to roll out something called EdgeRank, which is an algorithm uh, that started to prioritize, you know, content um, in your newsfeed according to a few kind of metrics, time decay, relevance, uh, et cetera, um, you know, because there was so much content being created uh, that you couldn't have that chronology appear in the newsfeed. And then, of course, uh, paid media was formed in order to allow brands to start to reach uh, people within their newsfeed with even more relevance um, and to ensure that, you know, they, they appeared um, in that in that kind of uh, clutter. Um, so that's really where it, it started to happen. Um, in its okay. infancy, uh, it was like ads, so driving people to, you know, to follow your page um, on, on both uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and then it started to evolve more into objective-driven uh, advertising. So to drive things like traffic, uh, lead generation, um, video views, etc. Amazing. So now we're taking that into influencer marketing. So what does that mean for brands using influencer marketing? 
So I think you've seen a very similar um, evolution, and we were actually discussing this the the other day internally at Webfluential, um, kind of like the you know the, the evolution of of of, uh, of uh, influencer marketing has very much followed uh, the same trajectory that we saw on on social. Uh, so 1.0 yeah. was you know paying a couple of of influencers to create content. That content really reached a lot of a lot of their followers. Um, because organic reach was super powerful at that point and uh, you know, the, the algorithm yeah the algorithm favored organic content and as we're seeing that organic reach declining um, the you know pairing the two up uh, really allows you one to actually reach that influencer's audience um, but two to actually expand outside of that influencer's audience and use their content to reach you know, a target audience that is relevant to your brand. So you can take all the powerful targeting capabilities that are available um, on these social channels, you know, things like age, demographic, um, uh, even things like LSM targeting, um, their propensity oh, wow. to, to shop online. Um, so, you know, when we, when we talk about uh, Facebook, they've got about 2 billion users across their platform. Um, sure. And got, yeah, so, uh, and they've got so much information um, in terms of, you know, our behavior, our purchase behavior, be it online and mm -hmm. offline. Um, and, and that's not to kind of track uh, our granular behavior and to listen to what we're doing. We're not that important um, to, you know, to, to Facebook and, and the likes. Um, it's really to allow them to create even more relevance and to allow brands to maximize um, on their ad spend. So when you pair the two together, you've got really strong content creators and influencers who resonate with their audience uh, and that really strong capability of targeting exactly and honing in on exactly who your customers are um, or who your customers could potentially be. Uh, you've got a really powerful pairing of that too. So it's beautiful, authentic content created um, by influencers, by content creators that has that bit of locality, that bit of authenticity, mm -hmm. um, and it takes that, that targeting. And, you know, we've even seen a decline on the paid media side. So uh, initially adver adverts worked amazingly well. There was a few reasons for that. Yes. Um, there wasn't much competition uh, in, you know, in the, uh, in the auction, meaning there weren't so many advertisers as there are now. Um, and there wasn't so much proficiency in the sense that a lot of advertisers perhaps weren't doing the right thing or bidding for the right audiences. Whereas today, uh, sure. everyone is, is up to scratch. Uh, they know exactly what they're doing, how to reach these audiences, but the effectiveness is declining. And the, re the main reason for this is content. Creative has always you know, driven uh, performance on, on paid social. Um, so, so tapping into influencer content, tapping into that authenticity, that locality, um, is, is a really, really powerful, uh, solution to, to the two. Amazing. It is a little bit creepy how Facebook has got so much information on us. Not just Facebook, I suppose any digital platform, even like Google knows everything about us, but I suppose it is for the greater good. Um, like you say, it's like how to serve us better content that we actually like and that's relevant to us, which is amazing. Um, but what you're saying about paid media then with influence marketing is that we're combining kind of earned media with paid media. So it's two separate kind of disciplines in marketing that we are marrying, which seems like it's a fantastic game changer, in, especially in the influence marketing industry. So when kind of did paid media decide or decide or just kind of 
yeah, a decider space that influencer marketing would be such a great bedfellow, so to speak? Um, well, I don't think that they had much to say in that decision-making uh, <laughs> process. It, it kind of, uh, they were, I guess, forced into it. So um, the industry naturally, I mean, influencer marketing has been around since, you know, the uh, the last century. So, yeah, exactly. So um, the Marlboro Man, uh, you know, celebrities yeah. endorsing brands, that, that is essentially influencer marketing. But when influencer mm -hmm. marketing moved into the digital space and, um, you know, the social economy, um, started to gain that, that trajectory. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, they had to uh, start to create products that um, would, you know, one be tailored to ensure that uh, brands were maximizing what they were generating uh, off influencer, mm -hmm. and two, that they weren't actually losing out on, on ad revenue. Um, because of course, you know, we don't get charged to be a part of um, these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, they monetize uh, that platform by driving ad revenue. So they were very much almost forced into it um, and kind of had to react to what was already um, happening and, and, and really allow uh, maximization and, and allow impact um, for, for brands that were already engaging in that influencer space. Got it. So is that where the phrase kind of pay to play comes into play? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but again, I don't think that we should position it in the sense that, uh, you know, they, they forced brands into pay to play. Um, as I said, when I, you know, when I first mentioned that edge rank uh, and those news feeds yes. just became way too cluttered. And in order to reach people, um, you had to uh, to reach people with relevance too. So the most important thing to all of these social platforms is, is people. They never want to alienate uh, their users. Uh, one, because we're their inventory um, that they kind of unsold yeah. to brands. Um, and two, you know, it's, it's all about the experience that, that we generate from it. So um, I think uh, particularly, um, you know, Facebook, uh, I mentioned a lot, uh, their mission has always been to connect people um, and then to connect businesses and people. And, and the only way to really do that is, uh, as you say, pay to play. Okay. So instead of having kind of a negative connotation to that, we should rather see it as them streamlining our experience. Absolutely. I like that. Um, so would you say, and I think from what we've discussed now, you absolutely agree with this, that it's obviously an effective pairing the two. But is it effective kind of across all social media platforms? So like, geez, there's so many. Obviously, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, Reddit. I mean, we can go on and on. Or is there some platforms that are a bit more suited to um, paid media than others? Sure, that's a really good question. So um, there's definitely platforms that lend themselves more towards paid media. Um, again, I'm going to talk about the Facebook family of applications that yeah. have been super smart um, in how they've done this and the products that they've built around it. Um, so I think, you know, Facebook, Instagram uh, very much lend themselves toward it. Twitter, uh, not so much. Uh, they don't uh, have a product that's available. Um, and in terms of uh, Snapchat, uh, they definitely lend themselves towards uh, paid advertising on the um, on the, you know, with that branded content and the influencer collaboration. Yes. Um, and then I believe that TikTok is also moving um, into that, into that uh, space. So we've seen them kind of slowly rolling out uh, advertising, but at this point it's very much still organically driven, you know, but as mm -hmm. these platforms all gain trajectory, 
um, they have to one cash in on you know what's happening um, on their platforms and and, and monetize yeah. what brands are doing there. Um, but yeah, I think in South Africa particularly, um, it's very much at this point. Uh, the Facebook family of applications that are doing it very well. And also, you know, they've got that critical mass. Um, yes, very much so. But it's interesting that you say that Twitter doesn't kind of lend itself to, to I suppose, effective paid media because there's also quite a lot of people on there and people talk a lot on there. And I see quite a few ads, Not look, admittedly not as much as anywhere else. But why do you think Twitter is not kind of, cashing in on this a bit more than the Facebook kind of family. So I can only make an assumption um, and sure. the assumption that I can make. So yes, Twitter is, has got a mature advertising platform in its native format. Uh, so that's that traditional okay. media that we speak about um, and very effective advertising. Um, I think it's probably just a matter of time. So, you know, all of these okay. platforms are, are very cautious. Uh, when they launch any form of advertising, same with TikTok, you know, they kind of uh, dip a toe and they run a few betas and alphas um, because the last thing you want to do is to alienate um, your users and even more so you don't want to alienate these influencers um, audiences. So I'm sure they are uh, very much working on a product very similar to that. Uh, I just think Facebook's always just been more aggressive um, and kind of uh, much much quicker to uh, to turn on revenue streams. Um, but I'm Absolutely. pretty sure that, that, that Twitter will, will get there. Well, I hope so, because it's such a beautiful platform as well. And if they can get it right, and like I say, not alienating audiences, it would be amazing. Absolutely. But also think about the, the Twitter newsfeed versus the um, Instagram and Facebook. It's very much... Uh, time-based and chronology-based, um, whereas the other two have an algorithm that, you know, features content according to sure. those metrics I, I mentioned. So That's there are true. some key differences. Of course. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about influencer content versus um, your standard brand ads, like your, so your traditional paid media on your platforms. Do you think that when they combine, they work better than when they stand alone? So as a blanket statement, absolutely. Um, you know, in, in some of our product decks, we actually show uh, that there's been an uplift, you know, between 8 and 11x in terms of return on ad spend when using influencer content. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the, the blanket average that, that we've kind of seen. That doesn't mean that, you know, for every single campaign, there's still, uh, you know, certain kind of nuances and rules that uh, apply. Um, and that's also, not, I want to disclaim the fact that it's not to say that we should can everything that we do on the traditional paid media no, side. No. Um, it's very much a complementary product. They augment each other. But yes, there is definitely more return on investment. And the reason for that is authenticity. Um, you know, we're, and, and, and also we're, uh, we've created these blocks and filters towards advertising. We're bombarded. Um, you know, with, with ads in our news feed, with ads when we used to, back in the day when we used to be allowed out of home, um, <laughs> driving around. You mean like two months ago? <laughs> two months ago, that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we, we've, we've become uh, very good at blocking out ads that feel like ads. Um, so when you pair up with an influencer, it's not an ad that feels like an ad. It's very much a human uh, human to human communication and connection. Uh, and it just feels a lot less 
uh, like advertising, you know, and, and if we go back, so we said influencer marketing has been around forever. Um, and that's very yep. much the truth. And what else has been around forever is word of mouth marketing. Um, and oh, yeah. so what we kind of uh, think of influencer marketing in general is word of mouth at scale. Um, and, you know, if you take that and you take that word of mouth and you put some paid behind it, meaning you extend the reach, plus you also put some smarts in how you actually go about it. So those smarts are objective driven advertising. So, you know, driving uh, traffic, driving uh, conversions or signups. Um, so thing you know, ads that are optimized towards that while using that authenticity, that locality and that uh, beautiful content mm -hmm. that these creatives um, are producing. Uh, that's what gives you the better return uh, on ad spend. Most of you know that Influential is our podcast sponsor. But did you know that my co-host Anne heads up the agency? And that is the first ever boutique agency in South Africa that specializes in developing strategy for influencer marketing. Anne and the team are experts in the field and they've spent years warning their skills and knowledge about influencer marketing and at some of the country's biggest PR and media agencies. The moment that you think you might want an influencer campaign, make sure to call or email them first because without strategy, you might not have the outcomes that you would like and are looking for. In addition to talking all things influence on this podcast, and also puts together the fantastic influential newsletter that comes out every month. And this is another way for you to keep up to date with the industry. The link to latest newsletter is in the show notes. Check it out. And if you like, please subscribe. And contact details are also on there. Let's keep the conversation flowing. I suppose it all comes down to that, like you say, that human connection, also that relatability. And then um, people just respond to it so much better. Absolutely. Um, you know, funnily enough, we had a, we had a review actually uh, a couple of days ago. Um, and and it, uh, one of the questions was, you know, why does content, it was uh, influencer-driven content, and, and uh, the mm -hmm. client asked, why does the content where there's a few people uh, in the video work better than, you know, when there's one or no people um, in the content? How interesting is that? And, and I used an example of, you know, when uh, in, my, in my previous uh, job where we were running a lot of uh, insurance clients, we even saw that, you know, just with the static ads that we were creating, if we were showing kind of one person um, on their own in the car versus a family or a couple um, in that advertising, it, it actually lended itself far better and worked far better. And that's because of that human connection um, and because it becomes a lot more relatable. So we can see that th that trend has also uh, carried itself into, into influencer. Um, so when we see multiple people uh, in that content, we tend to uh, relate to it more, engage to it more, uh, engage with it more. And, um, I don't know if that's, you know, true of, of or indicative of the time that we're in. Uh, maybe the isolation yeah. has led us to, you know, to want more human connection, uh, to want uh, more people to connect with. But um, I, I don't think that it's it's just that in isolation. I think it's very much no. uh, driven by, by human connection and relatability. I was just going to say that um, I think humans are just programmed to, like, want connection, number one. We all want someone to understand and to be with and I also think um, especially during these times it's probably just heightened that I mean I'm watching series and movies and stuff that was obviously shot before lockdown and the moment I see 
like people hugging or outside and like, oh my gosh, do you remember those times? It's kind of <laughs> reminiscent. I'm like, I feel so bad. I just want to go outside and hug a friend. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, as you say, like watching content these days and you see people hand, you know, shaking hands and you're like, wow, that's, I miss those. That's times. risky. Yeah. It's so risky. Yeah. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, what would you say is the biggest benefit of paid media for influencer campaigns? Um, so if I was to pinpoint it to one, it's, uh, reach, um, if I can extrapolate on that, then I would say it's a targeted reach and objective driven, um, targeting. So when I say that, I mean, that, uh, you know, it's not just, Hey, look at this, um, from an influencer, but it's actually, Hey, look at this and take an action. Has a call to action button that drives you to X, Y, and Z. And remember, I said that um, these these platforms have so much uh, information and so much artificial intelligence, so much so that you know they've got these tracking pixels all around the web. And of course, those are anonymized um, as users. But what those pixels show is intent. Um, so you know, do this experiment later on today. Go onto any insurance brand of your choice or. Um, and, and have a look at their uh, actual website and then go back into your news feeds uh, and see how many lead ads you'll get from the different insurers. Um, so what's happening there is that they're aggregating that intent. Um, and then okay. you know, if you set up your ads in the right way, saying I'm targeting uh, people who are interested in, uh, you don't even have to add the interest targeting or anything like that. You've set up the objective as Legion, your page is uh, a financial services um, page. Uh, and essentially our objective is obviously to generate that, those leads. Uh, that algorithm then optimizes all of those ads to be served to people who are likely to convert according to your objective. So um, it's very important to get that objective uh, right. And those objectives, like I've mentioned um, in this call, uh, in, in this podcast, um, are, you know, very much uh, traffic, uh, lead generation, signups, et cetera. Um, so it's very important to start with the objective um, and then to kind of uh, work down from there. So I would always say, you know, start with what, what you start from the end goal and work backwards. Um, whereas, you know, traditionally you would go, let's pair up with influencer X, Y, and Z because they make really pretty content. And then you kind of work towards the objective. Um, but I think, you know, work backwards. What are you trying to achieve? Which influencers lend themselves to it? what paid media yep. objectives lend themselves towards that uh, and you should achieve success yeah we do the same thing we always say to clients stop when you think i want to influence a marketing campaign stop first of all just thinking about names and build a strategy around them no no build your strategy with your objectives and then let's see who's the best to kind of achieve that so it's kind of the same same with paid media as well then absolutely so that lends me very easily into the next question is then how do you effectively measure paid media because you know in marketing everyone's always going on about roi and there's always lots of talk so when it comes to paid media how do you measure that um so again that lends itself uh, paid lends itself even better to measurement than you know just organic um so you would rely on things like uh, tracking pixels um so mm -hmm. if you're driving people to complete something online uh, then that that pixel would give you an idea of the entire funnel. So how many people? So one is uh, impressions and reach, which would be natively tracked by 
the social channels and, and you would understand, you know, what's your cost per reach, cost per impression, um, and then how many clicks uh, did you drive? And then the pixel will start to give you an idea of how many conversions um, happened on your site. And the beauty is, you know, that um, you can actually measure that incremental um, uplift. Uh, so that, that, you know, that pixel uh, and that social platform knows who saw your ad. Um, and then, you know, if they did or didn't click on that ad, it isn't actually relevant because um, there's something called impression value. And that's, you know, traditional marketers are very um, aware of what impression value is. And what that means is you see something on, on TV, a couple of days, you, you don't buy it straight from your TV, but a couple of days later you go onto that website um, and, and, you know, you can measure that uplift. So over here, you can actually have a very closed loop. Someone saw an ad in their newsfeed, they then converted, um, you know, on that site a few days uh, later, a few weeks later, we can still relate the two together because we know that that impression was made and that conversion was made by, uh, by Anne. We know who Anne is on, on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, on Twitter, and then we can obviously close the loop like that. But again, What's the objective? And then that's how you measure. Um, so there's no use, you know, uh, setting up uh, the objective. You know, if your object objective is is um, conversions, online conversions, there's no use setting up an ad uh, for reach um, because then you actually skew your whole measurement. So um, it, it's very much measurable and, and we rely on things like uh, those tracking pixels in order to... Okay, good. Yeah. Okay scientific and it's there you can't really manipulate that which is great i love that yeah. so then um a brand's running an influencing campaign say and they really want to do paid media um behind some of the content how do they choose which influencer content they put paid media behind because i'm assuming you shouldn't or you can but you shouldn't really put paid media behind every single piece of content on a campaign uh, sure that's it's it's a tricky question. Um, I think it, it's very much also budget dependent. So um, if, and when I say budget, I mean like the paid budget. So, you know, if you've got 20 influencers making two posts each, that's 40 pieces of content. Uh, and if you've got a very small budget, take that small budget, split it across 40 pieces of content, you're not actually going to really achieve any statistical significance. Um, and you're not going to be able to, um, you know, to optimize very well. Um, so, uh, the idea is really to have enough budget behind, uh, each post in order to be able to optimize. So that's how I would, uh, decide which posts to actually go with. Um, and then I think, um, you know, there can be multiple objectives that you can use there. So, you know, maybe the first phase of your influencer campaign is just awareness and reach where you've got people talking about some specific product. Um, so what you yeah. do is you take that content, you pair it up with paid, uh, you set up an audience that you can then retarget with conversion ads if there's a secondary or, or third post. Um, so yeah, so the, the, the way I would uh, prioritize which content to use is very much budget dependence. You do want to achieve statistical okay. significance and you do want to have enough to work with to optimize your spend. Do you also need to look at things like um, the performance of the, the organic performance of a of an influencer post when you decide paid media, or does that not really come into play at all? No, it definitely does come into play. So obviously something that performs well on organic um, would most likely perform well um, 
in the paid space. So that's a good okay. point. Amazing. So if I was a brand and I want to uh, like decide now, oh, I've got a campaign coming up, I want to use some paid media, but I'm kind of a novice in the space, so I don't really know who to trust um, with my paid media. And I'm kind of shopping around for agencies to do this. What would be the pertinent questions you would say they should ask the agencies just to make sure that they they can effectively apply paid media and they're not kind of wasting their time? Sure. Um, sure. Very, very good question. Um, and I think the, <laughs> the answer to that is probably the questions that you've asked me today. Um, so seeing, okay. you know, how trackable is it? Um, you know, what, uh, what objectives um, would they be able to drive? Um, and really kind of, uh, it's always KPI driven. So I think really understanding the, the smarts, the strategy, um, and how they would be able to measure success. Um, so an agency that would you know, not be able to um, answer the questions around uh, measuring success or uh, you know, moving um, uh, the success metrics as you know, top of the funnel or vanity metrics uh, is always mm. um, an alarm bell. Um, so I think, okay. you know, do they understand your business and your actual business objectives? And do they understand how to translate those business objectives into paid in order to actually move that needle? So that needle, you know, being, can I put what this agency is going to do uh, on my balance sheet? Um, so reach and awareness and impression very much have a place in marketing, um, yeah. but you can't put those on your, on your balance sheet. So I think that, uh, that's how I would I would uh, kind of uh, understand if that okay. is proficiency or not. So put those hard questions to them. I love it. Um, and then um, how do you see the partnership between paid media and influencer marketing kind of evolving over the next couple of years or even months? I suppose in digital, things move so quickly. Yeah, sure. So I'm not going to be as bold as to say over the next couple of years. Um, <laughs> as you said, it's a super mercurial and fast moving industry and, and it yeah. changes every single day. Over the next few months, um, I think that you will probably see a bigger uptake um, in, in uh, you know, pairing the two together. As I said, you know, mm -hmm. from, from working very closely with, with Facebook and being a part of a Facebook marketing partner previously and kind of attending um, some of their conferences, uh, such as F8, you can see that it's very much become a focal point for them. Um, so they, what they're, and every single month or so, I'm seeing more and more ad objectives um, being paired with influencers. So initially, you could only okay. reach, um, you know, so you could only boost an influencer's post to more people. Mm. Now you can, uh, you know, I think it was last week or the week before I saw that app installs were added to the branded content objective. Um, so. The sure. next couple of months, we'll see an, an evolution in more and more objectives, advertising objectives being available to branded content, um, which obviously help drive uh, those business results. Um, and I think it's just going to become a little bit easier uh, and less cumbersome. At this point, it's very cumbersome to run um, some of the campaigns that uh, you know that 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 I've mentioned, um, there's a lot of manual and tedious work in getting these influencers mm. whitelisted. Uh, so I think oh, yeah. I'm a lot more um, available. Uh, so from an objective point of view, and then a bit more intuitive 
uh, and there's come some in, uh, you know, you can even see from a global point of view, there's very much a trend where uh, tech companies are specializing purely in uh, the ease of, of uh, pairing the two together of, uh, you know, of, of whitelisting um, influences. So I think ease um, and, and more objectives will, will become available in the next couple of months. Um, and then we'll have to see, you know, what kind of happens after that. So I think um, as long as you're maximizing the impact, uh, and using everything that's of, available in that uh, toolkit, um, you know, then then you're in good stead for the next couple of months. But post that, um, we'll, we'll just have to who knows? Exactly. <laughs> well, Zucky knows. Good old Zuckerberg should give us a heads up. Yeah, I mean, even even <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll drop him a message and see what what insight I can get from him. Please, <laughs> so. I know you've got his WhatsApp number. Uh-huh. Just. Send him a bit of a num like a message there, Madame. Come on. Yeah, but even um, yeah, even the but, Facebook family of apps are they're they're a super reactive business. So yes, they've got these yeah. roadmaps, um, but they very much you know that's that's been Facebook's success. They let the market kind of govern um, and determine where they go. So I mentioned you know how these guys pivoted uh, into mm. allowing influencer and paid media together. Again, it wasn't by choice. It was what the market was doing. Uh, and where dollars yeah. were starting to go, um, and they had to obviously react to that and build products around that. So that's where they're very good sure. and very strong. But the next couple of months sounds incredibly um, interesting and also exciting in the space. I mean, we know that in the last year or two, influencer marketing's become this like really legitimate marketing channel, and people are taking it seriously for the first time in forever, especially in South Africa. And now we've got all these other things that's coming into play and partnering, and it's just all incredibly exciting to me so i'm a bit yeah, of a nerd I, sorry if I can, <laughs> me too if i can leave like one more parting thought about that um, yeah it's so the next few months we'll see performance marketers entering the influencer space a lot more um, performance marketers being financial services of course always leading um, on that front mm. um, so i foresee you know insurance companies banks um, starting to use influencers uh, in order to drive customer acquisition, e-commerce, um, you know, really doubling down and maximizing on that impact. So a lot more performance within the influencer space, which has not been very synonymous in the past uh, no. with with performance. You know, it's traditionally kind of lent itself towards beauty and fashion um, and mm-hmm. those kind of industries, whereas now you'll see a lot more of the direct response performance advertisers entering the space. Um, and that will naturally, you know, grow uh the the pool of influences will naturally also grow yeah. like i said the products that are available and that in itself is so exciting because the, the insurance and the banking all those kind of more i suppose more corporate or more serious businesses um or, or kind of what do you call it segments or industries have always been so cautious of using influences um and it's really nice to start seeing them kind of coming out of their shells and realizing that you don't need to do influence marketing only one way. They can carve their own way of doing it and it can be incredibly successful. Absolutely. And it's funny that you say that because, you know, if I go back to when I uh, uh, joined uh, Papa Media and started kind of mm-hmm. uh, engaging uh, with clients, I remember one of my first uh, meetings being with a multi-brand insurance group. Uh, and yeah. I came in there and, and proposed, you know, uh, using Facebook and Instagram to drive lead generation, <laughs> short-term insurance. Um, 
and I mean, we literally, we were close to getting escorted out, out of the uh, yeah. building. And if you fast forward a couple of years later, that multi-brand insurance group became the most advanced advertiser um, on, on the Facebook family of apps uh, and the biggest spender. And now, you know, these guys do not spend unless they get an, uh, an actual return. Um, no. so it's, I, I very much see that um, kind of scenario unfolding uh, with an influencer. So, yeah, I think that's going to be the next evolution. Absolutely love it. Um, can you give us like a quick example of a recent campaign you've worked on and what was the results? Yeah, sure. Um, let's stay away from insurance. I've spoken about insurance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we recently actually teamed up with a uh, e-commerce brand in, in South Africa um, who, again, mm -hmm. very proficient in their paid media driving acquisition, um, but kind of saw influencer as a nice to have. Um, so what okay. we decided to do is, you know, I knew the business quite well um, and what their objectives were. Their fastest path to conversion or, or best path to conversion is newsletter subscribers. Um, so what okay. we decided to do is to pair up with uh, three influencers um, to create compelling content as to why you should subscribe to this newsletter. Um, and we then paired that up with, with paid media. Now, as I said, they were very proficient and kind of gotten to that point where they had really optimized everything they could have possibly optimized on the paid media front. Um, and what we managed to do is to drive that cost per subscription down uh, 2x, so half the cost per subscription, um, and even more so the, the, the subscribers that we drove um, had a retention rate um, that was nearly twice as high as the traditional paid media. So what that means is the unsubscribes sure. that we were getting uh, from, you know, using influencer and paid mm. um, were half that of, of using the paid. So what that means is we actually 4X'd um, their spends because it's all good and well getting people to subscribe, um, but you obviously, sure. uh, you know, need them to stick around and then to actually convert. Yep. Um, and the beauty of that is that, we, you know, we got so so we got that that started and and kind of uh, turned that into an always on strategy. And the evolution is mm -hmm. now that we're retargeting all these subscribers um, with paid media in order to convert them into actual um, shoppers. Okay, that's amazing. And mm. um, so this has come very sadly to the end of our conversation. Thank Aww. you so much for joining us. I know. But I promise in the next couple of months when all these beautiful things have rolled out, we'll have to have you back to give us an update. So that'd be great. Um, so to close off, can you please tell our listeners where can they connect with you online if they want to know more about you and what you do? Sure. So the obvious ones would be the, the social channels. So um, yes. you can find me on, on LinkedIn, uh, Matan Atias. Uh, or you could follow me on Instagram, Matan Atias One. Um, I'm not a big uh, tweeter, um, so okay. yeah, I'd say you know follow me on on, on LinkedIn, connect with me, um, drop me a message, uh, DM me on Instagram, um, and we can hopefully spark up a conversation um, around what we could potentially do for your brand or agency. Um, and I think it's very important Fantastic. that you. Know, just to leave off, uh, just to say from a influential point of view that, you know, we're, we're not here to compete with, with agencies. We're very much here to empower no. agencies to maximize that space. So uh, agencies get in touch, brands get in touch, um, or individual people's, 
people get in touch. I'm always keen on a conversation. So follow me, message me, and yeah. Slide into his DMs there, guys. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) But what a wonderful and informative conversation. Thank you so much for educating us today and making us understand a bit better that all these paid media things and also all these things that uh, we see going on is not just Facebook and and their friends being creepy, but also just helping us to have a better experience online and on social media. So thank you, Matan. Thank you, Anne. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you, and I hope that you invite me back on uh, for another chat and that we can have uh, a chat about the evolution and see whether these predictions um, were in fact uh, correct and came to fruition. But otherwise... Thank you so much. Take care and I'll chat to you soon. Thank you. We'll definitely do so. But have a good afternoon, Matan. You too. Bye.